0: I wanted to offer quality mating of products at an affordable price.
1: You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me every Tuesday and Friday when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice on making in the UK. Let's crack on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Make It British podcast. On today's episode, I have got a talk for you, which was recorded at Make It British Live at the end of May 2019, and it is by Tom Glover from Peregrine Clothing. Tom is actually from a family manufacturing business, which originally was founded in Leicester in 1796, over 200 years ago, and it was a family knitwear business. Now, Tom graduated for university with a degree in product design and decided to use the design skills that he had to create the Peregrine clothing brand from the family business, because he knew that the way forward for the family manufacturing business was not to rely on orders from other retailers and brands, but instead to create their own brand. Within 10 years of creating Peregrine, he has gone on to be stocked in over 100 stockists around the world. And in this talk, he is going to talk all about how he has grown the brand using the knowledge that his family had in manufacturing. So he gives examples of how he plays to the business's manufacturing strengths. So for instance, using the machine's that they know the capabilities of the machines that they knew they had and also designing a product to fit into a retail price point and then working backwards from there rather than the other way round so he's a pretty savvy chap and his idea for peregrine was always to make it affordable and 100% made in england in this episode he also talks about the eco properties of wool as a fiber which they use a lot in their knitwear at Peregrine, and also why he recently invested in a knitwear factory in Manchester, as well as giving his thoughts on what he sees the future holding for UK garment manufacturing. I hope you enjoy this episode. There are slides that accompany it as well, and I'll put those in the show notes for the podcast at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash zero seven two. And there is also a video which was made of the talk, which I will make available on the Make It British website at some point soon. But for now, I hope you enjoy this audio recording of Tom Glover's talk. Here you go.
0: As Kate said, I'm the eighth generation of J.G. Glover and Peregrine. We've been manufacturing uh, since 1796, and it started in Wigston in England 223 years ago. By then, another Thomas Glover Back then, they were known as bag men, collecting wool from the market and hand knitting them and then returned to the market a week later to sell their wares and collect more wool. From this, the company J.G. Glover was established. And by the turn of the 20th century, the workforce we had was 300 people. When then, John George Glover would take the two-week ferry over to America just to sell his wares. Here is a factory in 1924. Over the years, we've had a number of big customers, including the military, during World War II and World War I. And here we are making the socks for the front line in well, probably 1918. By 1960s, J.G. Glover was picking the work it wanted, as it was a seller's market. Here is a photo of our 21-gage fully-fashioned knitwear oh, there, uh, fully-fashioned knitwear in 1970. However, by the 80s, things had taken a change for the worse, with cheap imports taking the market away. For us, it was eventually British home stalls which closed the factory in 1989, when they refused to call in their stock, they had on order. So, why did I take on Peregrine? To be honest, it was in my blood. I grew up playing hide-and-seek in the factory, waiting for my father to take me home. Here I am, my modeling career started, with my two sisters at the age of four, modelling the, the Peregrine 1984 lookbook. I got paid £5 pounds that day, which uh, still is my, my greatest uh, modelling fee. My mum also had a family business, and uh, she had 32 ladies' laundry shops called Harway, scattered across the Midlands. So if I wasn't packing wool jumpers into boxes, I was with mum in her warehouse Kimbling bras. Some would say this is child labour, but for a teenage boy, I made a fortune selling the Gossard Wonderbra posters at school. (laughs) But unfortunately, like a lot of good small business in those days, mum closed her business eight years ago, after 50 years in the industry. I went on, I graduated in product design in 2002, and I was always interested in brands and brand logos. I initially wanted to be an inventor and constantly looked at ways of improving existing products and how it could benefit the customer. After university, I worked overseas, and initially wanted to set up a ski brand, but later on felt Peregrine be a safer option. Now, 16 years later, I have finally introduced a retro ski collection into this winter's range. For me, I saw an opportunity in the Made in England label, exporting Made in England products overseas, like Paul Smith and Burberry. I saw potential in the country clothing market, and before Jules had stamped its name all over the country clothing industry, I felt the country clothing market was fairly bland, with ladies' shapeless waterproof jackets, which had lots of work for improvement. The challenges I faced, though, sourcing raw materials in Leicester used to be very easy, or from my father's used to tell me, with Leicester once one of the wealthiest cities in Europe built on its wool industry. Now depleted, there were very few yarn suppliers left in the UK. Therefore, if I did take orders, I wasn't always able to get the wool, as British wool had become so worthless due to the cheap, synthetic yarns. Secondly, I was getting people to make what I wanted. It was a challenge. as UK manufacturer had gone through some hard times, and I was surrounded by family and friends who had become bitter about how the industry had been abandoned. I was constantly told not to go into the textiles industry by friends, and friends still in the industry were... Unwilling to change their ways And for anyone who knew my father, it would be a prime example. Machines also needed updating to make the right product. My factories weren't making money, and it was hard to convince people to invest into money into new machines at the time. So what was Peregrine all about? I wanted to offer quality mating a product at an affordable price, As mating garments were always very expensive, going direct to the factory, I thought I could offer a product at a good price. I wasn't interested in the craftware label that English manufacturing was getting at the time. I wanted to mass-produce product which we could sell at commercial level around the world. Peregrine is a heritage brand focusing on the future, and I was keen to focus on the brand's future and not just on what we had done in the past. I wanted to design for the British environment and the climate. As it rains a lot in the UK, I designed and made practical warm and hard wearing clothing for with English handwriting running through the collection. The factory only had certain machines as well, so we were fairly restricted what we could do in our designs and manufacturing. When things are made with more pockets and more work involved, obviously the price goes up. So therefore I designed with a retail price in mind and worked backwards. I also wanted to make quality clothing that was built to last. As when people think of English brands, they think of Land Rover and hard-wearing products, therefore I wanted clothing to replicate that. The fact that machines in the factory were also set up for heavyweight fabrics we were only restricted to the kind of jackets we could make. So our peregrine customers, not all of our customers look as good as Tom Hardy, but he does wear the clothes well. And since this, the cardigan has now been known as the the Hardigan, the power of product placement in this industry. Our customer hasn't always been the rugged man. When I first started, 80% of our collection was sold to ladies. Making fitted jackets, targeting ladies who wanted to look stylish, even when out walking their dog in the rain. I also noticed that people were becoming a lot more formal and wanted something to wear when able to transition from work to the evening. Today, our market is around 70% men, as we found men a lot more brand loyal, showing more interest in where things are made and the benefits in what they're wearing. So how I started selling Peregrine. First of all, it was wholesale. I targeted specific overseas countries like America, Japan and Europe. Focusing on customers who wanted and valued the Made in England label. I also started selling at country shows like Burley, Badminton and the Game Fair, selling direct to the customer. Selling the smarter country look to people who want to be a bit more fashionable. It was a great way to hear what customers actually want and not just what buyers were telling me people wanted. It was also a great way to increase database of people who liked the brand. Finally, there was online. Probably something I should have focused on more in hindsight, but it's a great way to follow up from shows and sell directly to the end consumer. The problem, however, was holding the right stock. So this is a look at Peregrine over the years. And here, everything, as Kate said, is 100% made in England. Over the years, we've even done a collaboration with Sander Shoes in Northampton, where we made a pair of wax shoes, and we did the Black Horse Lane denim jeans there as well. Even the Morgan and the Land Rover in the pictures were also made in the UK. So why I bought the factory? To be perfectly honest, I didn't have much choice at the time. As there weren't many other factories in the UK making the products at the same time. I wanted to save jobs. If I hadn't stepped in, a lot of people would have lost their jobs and had staff up in tears asking for my help. I also wanted to control my manufacturing i had a number of orders to fulfil, and without the factory, I would have lost a lot of customers and orders. Only in the factory, I was able to secure the best price going forward and continue to make the quality product which we could retail at a competitive price. I was also able to improve quality only in the factory we can invest in better machines, we'd also have more control over the end product and the quality of the product. The benefits of manufacturing in the UK. Made in England is a brand which we proudly label on our garments as a unique selling point. Quicker lead times, manufacturing in England, we can turn garments around in two to three weeks to meet the in-season demands and react to fashion changes. Our products are fully traceable, and as we know, the exact manufacturing life cycle of every product, every product from start to finish, which is very rare in this industry. We even spin our own wool, buying raw tops from market, then spinning and dyeing the yarn onto cone before knitting into the end garment. Not only does this give us A complete control of the manufacturing process, it also ensures quality and it gives us the better better price. We're able to reduce our carbon footprint. As the goods aren't being shipped around the world from factory to factory and to warehouse to then to customers, it can only be a good thing as we ship direct from the factory to the customer. Our English textile history, history was built on manufacturing and UK wool industry was one of the most profitable in the world. With the introduction of synthetic fabrics, people moved away from wool due to price and ease of cleaning. But in today's world, when people are thinking more and more about the planet, it is crazy we are throwing away wool from sheep in preference of harmful man-made fibres. Wool is a waste product from sheep, which is fully sustainable, has incredible qualities, which can't be matched by any man-made fibres. I still believe wool will play a huge part in the fashion industry in many years to come. And with that in mind, we need to learn from our history and evolve to suit the customer's needs. So the problem the factory added. Well, first of all, the factory added a huge amount of stress. With more people to look after and to manage. Had to keep machines knitting 52 weeks of the year to keep people in work and had to cover costs. Therefore, I had to take unwarranted orders to keep the workers busy. Having seen my dad be beholden to the large department stores, I didn't want to go down the same route, but ended up taking orders from the likes of John Lewis and other private label so that machines were at full capacity at different times of the year. I had to spread the production across all the machines. We have 7, 5 and 10 gauge machines in the factory, so we had to make sure all the machines were being used to maximise production. We also have fully fashioned machines and 202 two machines within the gauges so we had to be used equally. Therefore, when designing, we had to work out the range planning before any designing was taking place to make sure all machines were being used. Different machines had different skill sets in the factory, so not everything could go down the linked route, as this would cause a, d- a delay in the production line at a later date. Also, owning the factory tied up all my money in raw materials with the wool due to the lengthy production process. Therefore, it reduced the budget in online marketing And growing the brand. A lot of people ask me whether manufacturing can come back into the UK but to be honest we need support from the big UK brands like Burberry to invest in UK manufacturing. We need support from the government to encourage and help companies set up new factories here. We need to be able to mass-produce products here in England at a commercial level to compete on a global scale training people in the right areas. We need to get people interested in industry and make it attractive to the next generation. We need to train people with specific skills, like linking, which has become a lost skill in the UK. We need support from UK stores and buying houses to work with UK manufacturers. At the moment, UK manufacturing is a last minute resource, with companies taking advantage of UK factories, mainly the cheaper online stores looking for quick cut and sew fashion. Other customers look for a one-off Made in England story to sit alongside their range, rather than ongoing support. We need to work to our strengths. As we're an extremely creative nation with some of the best designers and fashion schools in the world, we have some of the biggest names in fashion from the UK, with people from around the world looking at Britain fashion for inspiration. So should we be able to build a manufacturing industry that sits alongside that? So the future of manufacturing in the UK. First of all, it's traceability. People are becoming more interested in where their product is made. People are moving away from mass-produced products as they're interested in where and how things are made. The ethical story. What is acceptable in one country may not sit well in other countries and with other customers. Therefore, we need to tell the world our story. Sustainability. People have far more interest in where their products are made and what they're made from now. We shouldn't be making harmful polyesters when we have so much waste, cotton, wool, fabric going to landfill. We must be able to recycle this, so the fashion industry can be more self-sufficient. The problem we have is the UK manufacturing industry has been forgotten for 40 years, and all our skills have been handed over to China, India and other manufacturing countries. Therefore, we're now playing catch-up and competing against factories that are far more advanced. There is no doubt that the best factories in the world are in China. However, before Brexit, the UK had some of the most efficient car manufacturing plants so there's no reason why we can't take this into the textiles industry. We need to be more efficient and reduce our waste, which is why next summer in 2020, we're producing t-shirts made on whole garment machines in organic cotton, so therefore there is zero waste in a t-shirt, unlike a conventional tea or cut-and-sew tea which has around about 30% waste. So the future plans of Peregrine. We plan to open retail stores around the world. We see our brand as a global brand. At the moment, retail is a huge concern, with the high street looking very sad. But to me, this could be an opportunity, as we recently opened a concession around the corner, and keen to bring the factory to the city. I look at the food industry 20 years ago, when restaurants opened the kitchen, and people could see how their meals were being made. Now it's normal, and we have the high street full of exciting places to eat, offering different experiences. I love the idea of making retail theatre, and showing people the value in what they buy. Online growth, telling our story as being an open retail manufacturer to the entire world. We're also looking at you create, we make. Customer, where customers can make their own knitwear. We're also looking to expand the range, want to work with more factories in the UK to offer a wider range of product that sits in our current product portfolio. So what have I learned in my experience? First of all, I have a plan and stick to it. It may deviate over time, but get to know your customers and what they want offer something different, it's important to have a unique selling point to separate yourself from the competition. There is nothing worse than walking around a trade show with 2,000 brands selling similar products to yourselves. And finally, be prepared to say no, or it can cause huge problems at a later date. You could even find yourself standing up here one day having to talk. Thank you very much for your time. If anyone has any questions, I'll be happy to answer.
1: for listening to the make it british podcast i make an episode every tuesday and friday plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally so don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live and if you enjoyed the show i would really love it if you left me just a little review on itunes the more reviews this podcast receives the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the uk Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.